The following audio is from Jacob's Well Church. For more information about Jacob's Well Church, please visit www.jacobswellgb.org. September 11th, 2001. It's a day that none of us who were alive and old enough will ever forget. On that day was a great tragedy for our nation, and the president, our leader, addressed us that night. And near the end of his speech, he said this, Tonight I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve, for the children whose worlds have been shattered, for all whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. And I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. You know, it's interesting how when we are facing tragedy in our lives, one of the great comforts that we take is that God is a shepherd. The president alluded to Psalm 23, which expands. Many of us are very familiar with it. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We sang this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a psalm that has comforted many people since it's been written. And one of the things I was wondering this week is how come when we are going through times of tragedy or difficulty or when life feels overwhelming, why is it that this picture of God as a shepherd is such a comfort to us, especially in 21st century America, where we don't have shepherds. We don't have sheep around, unless there are some that I don't know about. But why even for us does this image of a shepherd and a sheep give us so much comfort when life is difficult? Well, before I give you the answer or my answer, what I think, I learned a few thing about, things about sheep this week. I learned that they are helpless animals. Actually, they're kind of pathetic animals. One of the things that I found out is that sheep will sometimes get stuck on their back and they don't know how to turn over and get back on their feet. And so literally, if it's hot out, they will stay on their back until they die unless a shepherd comes and turns them over. I also found out that sheep eat anything, including poisonous stuff like poisonous roots or poisonous weeds. And they will go into those pastures and they will eat those poisonous things unless The shepherd leads them to good pastures. I also learned that sheep would be horrible MMA fighters. They are helpless. If an enemy or a predator is attacking, the sheep will literally, here's their self-defense, right? They will stand still and make no noise. (laughs) And the, the predator will come and prey on them, will eat them. Unless, of course, The shepherd comes 
and protects them. Sheep are even dangerous to themselves because under the shepherd, they are safe. But when they leave the flock, they risk their own life because all of these things, all of these perils might get them. And so I think the reason why we identify in times of tragedy, in times when life are hard, the reason why God as a shepherd is so comforting to us is because we are hit with the reality that we are not in charge. We are hit with the reality that we are not in control of the world. We're not even in control of our life. We can't control everything that goes on in our day. And it's scary. It's scary to know that we don't have control. But there's a great comfort to know that there is someone else, someone greater, someone bigger than us that loves us, that cares for us, a good shepherd who is in control of all of life's circumstances. And so when we go through those times, we take great comfort that God is our shepherd. Today, Jesus declares, I am the good shepherd. And so we're going to see what that claim means from Jesus. If you would, please open your Bibles to John chapter 10. It's page 896 in the Red Bible, page 1317 in the Children's Bible. So John 10, we'll start in verse 11. As I mentioned last week, I'm going to start quizzing you every week because I want you to remember these. Jesus has seven famous I am statements in the Gospel of John, okay? And through these I am statements, he re- he's revealing different parts of his divine character. He's showing that he as God has certain attributes to him that are awesome, <laughs> that are amazing, that are, that are comforting to us, that are rejuvenating to us. And so I want to ask you, because my hope is, is that you start remembering these, because you can go to these in times of trial, go to these for comfort, for joy. So let me ask you again, can you remember, we've covered three I am statements so far. If you answered last week, you can't answer again. So what are, do you remember what are the three I am statements we've covered so far from Jesus? I am the light of the world. Very good. Jesus illumines. He, he shows us our sin and the beauty of, a, of the Savior. So he is the light of the world. What else? I am the door. Very good. Someone listened last week. Jesus is the gateway to the kingdom of God. What else? One more. I am the bread of life. Very good. You're an elder. You should get that. So. Jesus is the bread of life. We must consume him. And as we consume him, he will consume us. Today, we get to the fourth one. I am the good shepherd. So let's read together. John 10, verse 11 through 18. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received 
for my Father. Let's pray. God, as we come to your word today, we come as sheep. Sheep that in all reality are helpless. Helpless to many vices in this world. Sheep that need a good shepherd. Show us how good you are today. In Christ's name, amen. I just have one question I want to answer today. The question I want to answer is, what is so good about the good shepherd? How can he claim the title good shepherd? What makes him so good? And my hope is that if you are here today and you do not know the good shepherd, that you would see the beauty of the good shepherd and say, I want him to lead me. I want to be a part of his fold. But if you are here today and you do know the good shepherd and you have trusted in him, my hope is that you would be reminded of the goodness of the good shepherd, that you would run to him, that you would that you would run for safety in him, that you would be comforted by him once again, that you would see the beauty of your good shepherd. And so I want to see what is so good about the good shepherd. Let's start by seeing that the good shepherd is good because he defends his sheep. Verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. In these few verses, we see four main characters in here. First, we see sheep. They're the people, okay? And then we see a wolf, which represents attackers. This might be false teachers. This might be Satan. This might be sin. It could be a whole host of things, things that attack us. And then we see the hired hand. And this hired hand isn't necessarily a bad guy. It's just showing that he is not committed to the sheep like the shepherd is. He's committed to his own well-being. And so as long as everything is safe, as long as everything is good, he is fine watching the sheep because he wants the money that he gets for watching them. But as soon as anything dangerous comes, as soon as anything scary comes, he's gone. He's gone. The fourth character we see, of course, is the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. And we see that Jesus is committed to his sheep. Jesus is committed to protecting his sheep. Even when the wolves come, even when the danger comes, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when the sheep betray him, he runs after them because he is committed to his sheep. And he is committed to his sheep for this reason, because they belong to him, because they're his. He's not a hired hand. He owns those sheep. Have you ever heard the saying, um, it's okay, it's a rental? Have you ever heard that phrase? Have you, ever, have you ever used that phrase? Anyone? Be honest. Okay. We have a few honest people in here. It's okay, it's a rental. So, right, you know, like I have a rental car. I'm driving. There's a speed bump coming up. If I'm in a brand new car that I own, I'm going to slow down for that speed bump. But if I'm in a rental, I just say, it's okay, it's a rental. Boom, 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 right? Or, or if people, you know, if in your home, um, you know, maybe, maybe the linoleum is starting to peel up or, or the toilet is, is running all the time. And, and so you think, yeah, it's okay, it's a rental. We're going to move out of this place soon anyways. We'll just let the owner deal with it. Now, I'm not saying this is right because we should love our neighbor as ourselves, but this is how we treat things that we don't own, right? 
When in, in our neighborhoods, a lot of times we fear people that will move in and rent because they don't take care of their property a lot of times, right? Not always, but sometimes they don't take care of their property because they do not own the property. Jesus says, these sheep are mine. I own them. They are mine. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to protect them. I am never going to leave them. I'm guessing you have been in a relationship with someone. A relationship where you thought there was a commitment that could not be broken. But when the wolves came, when the trials came, when hardship came, when your sin was found out, they fled. They left. They were gone. What Jesus promises here, the reason why Jesus is so good is because he says, I will never abandon you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you because you are mine and I love you. And so the good shepherd is so good because he's committed to his sheep. He defends his sheep. He protects his sheep. He loves his sheep. If you are one of Christ's sheep, this is a promise for you. You can bank on it. We also see that the good shepherd is good because the good shepherd knows his sheep. We covered this a little bit last week, that Christ knows us by name. But this knowing that is talked about here is much more than just a, you know, I know of someone, right? Like I know of Barack Obama. It's more of a knowing intimately, like a knowledge that you have in marriage. And so here you read in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And then what comes next is it, it should take our breath away. It's startling. And so please don't let this pass you by, okay? He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And then verse 14, I'm sorry, verse 15. Just as, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. What's the analogy that Jesus is giving for our relationship with him, for the intimacy of our relationship with him? The eternal, intimate, infinite relationship between God the Father and God the Son. You know, it's, it's really hard to find an illustration for this because nothing matches it. But, but Jesus is saying that we have this door open. He is the door for a relationship with him. Sometimes we shy away from this relationship with Jesus. But he says, you have this relationship and intimacy open to you through me. You can be known, fully known, and fully know me. It means that if you are one of Jesus' sheep, that he knows all of you. He knows your hurts. He knows your heartache. He knows your suffering. It means Jesus knows your desires. He knows your hopes. He knows your dreams. But it also means he knows your temptations. He knows your addictions. He knows your substitute saviors. He knows your sins. He knows your habits. It means Jesus knows your history. It means he knows your future. He knows everything about you. There is not one square inch of you that the good shepherd doesn't know. He knows it all. And yet he loves you. You are fully known and fully loved by the shepherd. Jesus is so different than us, isn't he? This morning, um, so, you know, all of us are kind of called to be shepherds in some way, shape or form. Uh, For me, I'm called to be an under-shepherd of Jesus of this flock, but also an under-shepherd of Jesus and caring for my children and my family. This morning, 
uh, we had planned, okay, we're all going to go to church together. The kids love it when we go to church together, and they just happen to be ready in time. Usually we drive separate. I come early. But we were all going to come together. And then one of the children, who will remain anonymous, um, has, this, has this thing where they get hurt very, very easily. Okay, so, so, you know, you'll give them a tap on the back, and they'll just start crying, right? Like, like it, you think you'd want to go to the hospital, but they're just crying. Maybe because they want attention. I don't know. So this morning, it happens. You know, the two kids are playing on the steps. I'm still trying to keep them anonymous. And, and one of them, one of them hits the other one, and the other one just gives them a little tap, and they just start crying. Ah! You know, well, 15 minutes later, they're still downstairs crying, and I'm like, listen, if you do not stop crying, you do not get to ride with me to church, all right? <laughs> Clean it up. Clean it up, or you can't come with me. This is not the good shepherd. <laughs> Praise God, right? This is not the good shepherd. See, the good news is you cannot hide your sin from him. He knows all of you. He hears your whining, and it's pathetic. You're sheep. You're dirty. You're stinky. You're full of sin. Yes, he knows all of your sin. You cannot hide it from him. You may think, you know what? I'm going to put lipstick on a sheep. I, I shouldn't go. But anyways, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to clean up. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to bathe. And then I can come to the shepherd. But the shepherd says, no, I know my sheep. I know all your peculiarities. I know all of your temptation. I know all of your sin. I know it all. Come to me. I love you. You do not have to pretty yourself up. You do not have to make yourself presentable or acceptable. Come to me. The shepherd is good because the shepherd knows his sheep and he loves them anyways. Thirdly, we see the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, is so good because he dies for his sheep. In the Old Testament, David was considered a very good shepherd because uh, he, he, for actual sheep, not for people, because he was willing to risk his life for his sheep. Okay? He's willing to risk it. It actually tells us that he fought off lions and bears. I mean, this was a man's man, right? He, he fought off all these enemies to protect his sheep. He was willing to risk his life. But the problem is, if he died, the sheep die, right? Because the sheep are exposed, right? There's no one there to protect him. So if the shepherd dies, the sheep die. Because the lion just moves on to the next one. It's like trick-or-treating for them, right? So the shepherd has to stay alive. And here's why Jesus, the good shepherd, is so different than a human shepherd. Because a human shepherd has to live in order that his sheep can live. But the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, has to die so that the sheep will live. Jesus' intention in coming to earth was not to risk his life for his sheep, but to give his life for his sheep. This is pounded home four times in this short passage. Verse 11 He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Second part of verse 15, again, I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life. And then again in verse 18, he says it. Jesus lays down his life for his sheep. This this word for in the Greek, which is the original language of the Bible, many, many words could be used for it. 
But Jesus uses this word uper, which literally means in behalf of, or for the sake of, or in the place of. And so Jesus lays down his life in place of the sheep. So what is so good about the good shepherd is that the good shepherd loves his sheep so much that he's willing to become one of them. Do you remember when Jesus comes on the scene, John the Baptist on two different occasions announces the coming of Jesus and he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, the good shepherd, became a lamb. He became a sheep that he could take on our sin. You see, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us have wandered away from the shepherd, and we deserve to die by our own peril out in the wilderness. But Jesus takes on our sin, and he pays for it as the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The good shepherd is so good because he becomes one of us, that he might die for us in our place, in our stead, on our behalf. There's a story of, uh, in olden days, um, there are these locomotives that went from village to village. I'm assuming this is true. I read it. I think it is. And these locomotives um, were wood-burning locomotives. I never heard of that, but these were wood-burning locomotives, and they would send out sparks at times in the fields around them. And a lot of times the wheat fields in certain months would catch on fire. Well, this one time a farmer is on his front porch and he sees smoke on the horizon and he knows what happened. He knows that a spark came off and started his wheat on fire. Now, the problem is that the wheat comes all the way up to his house and all the way up to his barn. And so he knows that his barn and his house are going to perish with this fire. And so what he does is he goes out and he starts one of those controlled fires and he burns back about 100 yards of his wheat so that when the fire comes, it won't reach his house and his barn and his cattle and his family and all of those things. Well, as he is walking through the wreckage, looking at everything, he comes across this charred body of one of his hens. He's grieved by it. He cares for his animals. He thought, you know, this hen must have been confused and not known where to, where to go. And so it just sat here and, and got burned. And so as he was looking at it, he took his boot and he, he flipped it over. And as he flipped over the hen, a dozen chicks come scurrying out. This hen died for its chicks. The good shepherd dies for his sheep that we might live. Jesus voluntarily laid down his life because he loves his sheep. He took the fire for us so that we could live. One commentator points out there are three really important things about Jesus' death that we see in this passage. They all start with the letter V, which is a preacher's dream, which is great. Jesus' death was voluntary. He did it of his own accord because he loves his sheep. He did it in line with the will of the Father, but he was the one who laid it down. It was voluntary. It was vicarious. 
It wasn't just to demonstrate love. It was to accomplish love, to die on behalf of his sheep. And thirdly, and this will lead us to our last point, Jesus' death was victorious. We see, finally, the good shepherd is so good, not only because he dies for his sheep, but because he lives for his sheep. Verse 17, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. You know, we we so often emphasize the sacrificial death of Christ, and we rightly should. But apart from the resurrection, it's not good news. You can see here, Jesus says, I am dying, having in mind that I am going to raise from the dead. Now, why is it so important that Jesus raises from the dead? There are many, but one reason is because our shepherd is alive. Our shepherd is not dead. See, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, so that he could ascend into heaven. And as he ascended into heaven, he sent down his Holy Spirit to shepherd us from the inside out. We have a living shepherd. We do not have a dead shepherd. I read this funny story about, it came out of the Turkish media, that there was uh, this this instance in which a thousand sheep jumped off a cliff. Okay, a thousand sheep jumped off a cliff. This is a huge financial um, burden, over $100,000 lost. 450, sheep of the, 450 of the sheep died. The others lived. And the reason why it happened, the reason why these sheep ran and jumped off this cliff was because the shepherds were eating breakfast. <laughs> they were inattentive. They were not paying attention to their sheep. See, if Jesus is going to be the good shepherd, if Jesus is the good shepherd, it means he is attentive at all times and he cannot be attentive at all times if he is dead. And so the good shepherd is good because he is alive and he lives to shepherd his sheep. And so let's just recap. We ask the question, why is the good shepherd so good? And my hope is that this will be nourishment to your soul. The good shepherd is so good because he always protects his sheep. No matter what danger comes to them, no matter what threatens them, whether it be Satan, sin, death, or anything in this world, he protects his sheep. The good shepherd is good because he intimately knows his sheep. He not only knows us by name, but he says we can have a relationship with him that is similar to his relationship with the heavenly father. He knows you fully and completely, and yet he still loves you. The good shepherd vicariously dies for his sheep. He dies on our behalf. He dies for us that we might live. And again, he does this because he loves us. Finally, the good shepherd lives for his sheep. Right now, today, this minute, when you leave, when life is difficult, when life is hard, remember the good shepherd is alive to care for, to tend, to love his sheep. A Sunday school teacher decided to give her class a project. And so she gave them the project to memorize Psalm 23, the psalm that we sang earlier, the psalm that I read to you at the beginning of the sermon. She said, I want you to memorize this. You have one month to memorize it, and then you're going to present it in front of the congregation. And so one of the little boys was very excited, Billy. 
Billy was very excited and he tried so hard to remember Psalm 23. He tried so hard, but he just had trouble memorizing it. And so the time came when he came up to the mic at the church and he kind of froze. He forgot virtually everything in the psalm except for one thing. He got up to the mic and he said this, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Billy's right, isn't he? I mean, here's the thing. You're going to forget much of this sermon in the next couple of days. I mean, you've already probably forgot much of this sermon, just blocking it out, right? You're going to forget this sermon, but this one thing, this one thing you have to know, the Lord is your shepherd. Let's pray. The goodness of the good shepherd is so overwhelming, Lord. Just as I studied this text, I realized how much I take the good shepherd for granted. Why is it that we try to go through trials on our own? I have no idea. We have access to the good shepherd, and we know that even when we hold you at arm's length, you're still with us. You still carry us. You still love us. You still pursue us. Lord God, I pray that this good news, that Christ is the good shepherd, would comfort our souls, that we would access the shepherd daily, momently, that we would not try to clean ourselves up, try to get everything right, try to be presentable, but that we would come just as we are because you know everything about us and you still love us. God, I pray this truth would penetrate our souls so deeply that we would become good shepherds to our kids, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, that we, like Christ, would love them sacrificially, even maybe lay down our life for them because we have known the goodness of the good shepherd. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.